Well, it is a good time to be here if you are new with us because we are starting a brand new sermon series on wrestling with God. And in the weeks ahead, we're going to be looking at all the different ways we see people wrestling with God in the Bible. And that's important because if you're a believer, there is no doubt you've wrestled with God. Do I hear an amen? <laughs> amen. We have all wrestled with him at some point or another. And it can be difficult when we wrestle with God. And even if you're not currently wrestling with God, I bet you know someone who is. So the hope is that this series is not only a blessing to you personally, but perhaps you pick up some tools so that you can minister to those that are wrestling with God and maybe just need somebody to come alongside of them and walk with them through that journey. Of course, if you miss any of these messages, you can find them on YouTube and go there and uh, you can like and subscribe and be a part of that. That's awesome. Now, when we think about wrestling with God, we tend to think about it figuratively and rightly so. None of us would ever expect to physically wrestle God. Rather, we understand that wrestling with God means we're going to wrestle with him like over things like God's will or his purpose or his timing or even his existence. As a matter of fact, Pastor Brandon in a couple of weeks is going to do a sermon on the, when we wrestle with God over his existence. But here's the irony. We are going to begin this sermon series by looking at a man who physically wrestled with God. And if it weren't in the Bible, I wouldn't believe it. But it's in there. It's in there. The man, of course, was Jacob. Where'd it go? Man was, come on, here we go. There it is. The man, of course, was Jacob. And it's a wrestling match for the ages. When you think about wrestling matches, this is it. Doesn't get any better than this. God versus man. Here we go. But it's in this physical, physical wrestling match that we can learn some very important lessons that will help us during the times that we find ourselves wrestling with God, figuratively speaking. So a little context is necessary. So let's do a little bit of history. Are you guys ready? Go back with me 2,000 years. Is back this way or that way? How many say it's that way again? How many say it's this way? For me, it's this way. I'm going this way. How many are with me? Yes. Righteous go this way. Just kidding. But not really. <laughs> go back 2,000 years worth the time of Christ, okay? Go back another 1,000 years, 1,000 BC worth the time of David, okay? Go back another 1,000 years, 2,000 years BC worth the time of Abraham, and then I want you to go back just 200 years, and we're roughly at the time of uh, the Tower of Babel, okay, the Tower of Babel. And of course, at the Tower of Babel, the people came together to build a, a monument, and they were all one, and God didn't want this. God wanted the, the nations, the people to spread out. And so this is where he confused the languages, and the people spread out. And it was about 200 years or so after that time, not a very long time at all, that God called one man. And that one man, of course, was Abraham. And then Abraham had a son, and his son's name was Isaac. And then Isaac had a son, and his son's name was Jacob. Jacob. And Jacob, of course, has 12 sons that become the 12 tribes of Israel. See, if you're a Christian, you can account for everything that is in the world. You can account, I always say, you can account for why you wear clothes. Right? We wear clothes because of Genesis. There was shame in being naked. I can account for why there's many languages in the world because God confused the languages and spread the people out. And I can account for this nation of Israel that still exists today. I know exactly where they came from. See, as a Christian, when you have a biblical worldview, you can account for everything. Now, Jacob had always been a bit of a schemer. As a matter of fact, his name means usurper. He was a bit of a troublemaker. And one incident in particular helps illustrate that. It's a time that Jacob tricked his father Isaac into giving him the blessing that was due his older brother Esau. And you can read about that in Genesis chapter 27. But let me ask you all a question. Let me ask this question. 
How many of you have siblings? Yeah. Have you ever, have they ever done anything and you thought to yourself, I want to kill you? <laughs> yeah, there's no self-righteousness in here at this point, right? Because we've all, if you have a sibling, you have thought that. I have thought that. It just comes with the territory. Now, you may not have meant it, but you thought it. And I know you did. Well, Jacob steals Esau's blessing. And long story very short, Esau is so angry with him that he wants to kill him. And we read this. Now, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So in our passage that we're about to read, our passage for the day, I'm setting up the context here. Esau is headed towards Jacob with 400 men. And Jacob's, Jacob's in trouble at this point. And so what Jacob does is he sends some emissaries ahead of him with gifts, hopefully to appease his brother. And this is where our passage picks up today. So church, it's on that note. It's my honor to take us to the word of God today. We will be in Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 22. Hear the story of Jacob wrestling with God. Church, hear the word of God. The same night he, Jacob, arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And his brother Esau is approaching him with 400 men. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the break of day, break of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, that is the man, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. This is where the name of Israel comes in. It means wrestles with God or contends with God. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Amen. Church, I present to you the word of God this morning. Regarding this passage, the great Protestant reformer John Calvin agrees. This event is typical of our wrestling with the Lord today. In other words, Calvin saw that this physical wrestling match, there's principles to learn for when we figuratively are wrestling with God, when we're wrestling with him in the ways that we do. And while we want to be careful not to read too much into this text, we don't want to miss the obvious parallels that exist for those times that we are in the wrestling match of our life with God. You know what I find interesting about this whole thing? is that God is the one who initiates the wrestling match. Jacob didn't seek this encounter out. As a matter of fact, it seems rather clear. He had no idea it was coming. Jacob sends his two wives, his family, across the river, and he, he's trying to get them in a safe place. He's left alone on the other side, and it's there that God shows up. Now, when you think about spending some alone time with God, what do you think about? You think, I'm going to get some coffee in the morning. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to sit by the fire. I'm going to sip it. Maybe not the fire. Maybe you'll turn down your air conditioner, whatever it is. We think differently here in Arizona, don't we? <laughs> but you think about, I'm going to spend some alone time with God. Because when we think about alone time with God, we think about God comforting us and encouraging us and strengthening us. But let me ask you a question. What happens when God shows up and wants to wrestle with us? What about then? Had Jacob been given the off, uh, option, he might have been content with being left alone. I mean, he's really busy here. He's got his brother coming at him with 400 men. He's about to be killed. And who taps him on the shoulder? 
God taps him on the shoulder and says, oh, by the way, we're going to throw down right now. We're going to throw down. And I, you can imagine Jacob's probably going, are you kidding me? Do you see what is on my plate over here, God? And just like he did with Jacob, God often initiates wrestling matches with us at times in our lives that are less than ideal, at least from a worldly perspective. At least from a worldly perspective. God often will tap us on the shoulder and say, it's time to throw down. And from a worldly perspective, we're going to go, this is a bad time. But we have to trust that God knows what he is doing. Jacob was in a very vulnerable situation. He was fearing for his life. Surely God could have shown up in a more advantageous time. But such are the ways of God. You must understand from a that from a worldly perspective, God's timing often won't make sense to us. We're all familiar with the phrase, when it rains, it pours. And sometimes it is precisely when it is pouring that God shows up to wrestle. And it's always worth it. You want to know why? Because God always has a purpose in it. God never wrestles without reason. He never wrestles without reason. And I want to say something very important. Oftentimes, our, God shows up at the times when it's like, are you kidding me? We look at our plates and our plates are full. We have our brother coming at us wanting to kill us with 400 men. We have that sort of stuff on our plate. And God shows up and taps us and says, hey, we're going to throw down over here. And our, our initial reaction is, well, let's get this over with as quickly as possible so I can get back to what's really important. But folks, what's really important is not this. What's really important is the wrestling match. God has shown up and wants to wrestle you. Don't miss what he has for you when he wants to wrestle. God never wrestles without reason. For example, God may wrestle with us as a way to humble us. This is exactly what he did with the Apostle Paul. Remember this passage? We looked at it last week briefly. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, Paul had been given massive great revelations from God, and that would make anybody conceited. So for, to prevent him from becoming conceited, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. There that word is again. Now listen to this. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. In other words, I went three rounds with the Lord. We wrestled for three solid rounds that this should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, after this wrestling match, this is what I've learned. I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. Listen to what happens as a result of this wrestling match. I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Who in the world thinks like that? I'll tell you who thinks like that. A man or a woman who's wrestled with God and is no longer thinking from a worldly perspective. And that is why I said, when God comes to wrestle, you're going to go, okay, let's get this over with quick, God, because what really matters is me taking care of this. And God's saying, no, what really matters is what you're going to learn in this, in this wrestling match. I'm here for a reason. Paul wrestled with God for three solid rounds and came out a changed man as a result. In other cases, God might wrestle with us by testing us to expose what is in our hearts. If you ever want to know if God's tapping you on the shoulder and wanting to wrestle with you, it's when he tests your heart. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. That's Psalm 66.10. Proverbs 17.3 says, The crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, and the Lord tests the heart. Yeah, when you, you, the Lord, when he taps you on the shoulder and says, we're going to test your heart. And oftentimes, again, it's at the worst possible time. It's like a test right now. Have you ever been in, you, you guys all went to school, right? 
And it was always the pop, pop quiz that was on the worst day possible, right? I didn't get any sleep. I had the worst week of my life. And the teacher says, hey, time for a test. And you're like, are you kidding me? Sometimes it feels like that with God. He taps us on the shoulder and he goes, hey, there's going to be a test. And you're like, Lord, my plate is full. I've got a ton of things going on. Can, can we do this? Can't we postpone this till next Friday? You know, that's what we always said to our teachers. Can't this wait? Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Sometimes the tests that God sends our way are anything but easy, but again, they are never without purpose. And it's so very important that you get that. And here's the good news for those times that God has initiated a wrestling match with us. You know what it means? It means that God is near. It means that he's near. All of us want to know that God is near. We want to feel that God is near. But oftentimes we want it on our terms. <laughs> But what if God being near means it's time to wrestle? Is it okay then? Is it okay then? It means that God cares about you enough to engage you for the purpose of transforming you. That's why he's there to wrestle you. And although wrestling with God might not be your favorite way of engaging with God, these wrestling matches are often seasons of tremendous growth. Again, God never wrestles without a reason. Let me prove it to you. If you ever wanna be 100% sure you're watching somebody wrestle with God, this is how you'll know. We know what God's word says, but we're struggling to submit, <laughs> right? We know what God's word says, but we're struggling to submit. Look at the Christian who knows what God's word says, but is unwilling to submit, and I'll show you somebody who's wrestling with God. God's word is full of truth that is hard to accept. And so when the Holy Spirit shows up and starts convicting us, we either submit to what we know is right or we will be in the wrestling match of our life. And this applies to Christians who are unwilling to submit themselves in obedience to the word of God, or the unbeliever who is unwilling to, to submit themselves to the son of God. That's right. Unbelievers can wrestle with God. God will show up and tap an unbeliever on the shoulder and wrestle with them as he leads them to the Lord. And if you're here today and you've been wrestling with God, he's been calling you to repent and submit and to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do that. Do that. God has shown up and he's wrestling with you, drawing you to his son. Come to his son. Trust in him. But back to our passage. Jacob wrestles with God, listen to this, throughout the night. <laughs> this wasn't a five-minute wrestling match. For, for those of you that are men in particular, if you've had a brother and you've wrestled with your brother or a best friend, listen, three minutes of wrestling is exhausting, is it not? Yeah, especially at our age. And especially at your age. <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. But even in the prime of our life, if you've wrestled, you know that uh, wrestling three minutes or six minutes is brutal. This wrestling match went on throughout the night. And so to bring this little melee to a close, this man, this mysterious man does something interesting. He does this. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now I've had the distinct privilege of dislocating my left hip. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most painful things that has ever happened to me. And I was taken in an ambulance out to Scottsdale Osborne. This was about 15 years ago and they could not give me enough morphine. And I'm not kidding when I say that. I was literally in the ambulance asking, can you please give me more? And they said, we will, but it'll kill you. 
And I'm like, it's a risk I'm willing to take <laughs> at this point. How many of you have, hey, you don't have to say this, but if you've ever had hip issues, you know what I'm talking about. When your hip is not right, nothing is right. And I experienced that firsthand. But here's the kicker. Jacob, at some point during this wrestling match, recognizes that this is no ordinary man. And I don't know if it's when he touches his hip that he goes, this is no ordinary man, or at some other point, he figured it out. But at some point, Jacob knows this isn't just somebody. This isn't just anybody. This is God in the flesh that I'm wrestling with. So Jacob does exactly what I would do in that situation. Then he said, the man said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, no way, you're no ordinary person. I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. And Israel means what? Wrestles with God or contends with God. For you have striven with God and men and have prevailed. Jacob would forever be known as the man who wrestled with God and walked away blessed. Folks, which is a powerful reminder. Listen very carefully right here, folks. Sometimes the blessing we seek will only come after a prolonged time of wrestling with God. And for some of you, you don't want to hear that this morning because that's tough to hear. Because we, we're waiting for God to do something in our lives. We're waiting for a blessing in our lives. And God's like, uh, you're going to wrestle with me first. And it's like, please, no. Can't you just bless me and make this easy? As God's children, we often want God to bless us, but never to inconvenience us. We want God's blessing without any struggle, without any effort, without any wrestling involved. And God could do that. God could bless us hand over fist every day without any effort or struggle on our part. But God knows there is tremendous value in those times that he wrestles with us. As I said earlier, he uses those times to humble us and test us and to mold us into the people he wants us to be. I could put it this way. Often it is only, it is only after God has accomplished his purpose in us that he bestows his blessing upon us. See, we want God's blessing without his purpose. <laughs> That's the problem. We often want God's blessing without God's purpose. God bless me. God's like, well, I've got a purpose in you. It's like, no thanks, just give me the blessing. Right? But God is doing something in us during those wrestling matches. And what he's doing, again, guys, the, the temptation is going to be, I'm really busy with the things of this world. God, you want to wrestle? Well, let's get this over with so I can get back to what's really important when this is what's really important. He's accomplishing something in us in those wrestling matches. He's humbling us. He's molding us. He's refining us like gold in a fire. He's doing something amazing in our life. And what he does in our life is what will last for eternity. Don't let the temporal keep you away from the eternal. What God is doing in your life when those times you find yourself wrestling with him. So I mentioned earlier, Jacob was a bit of a schemer. And if you've read anything about Jacob in the Bible, you know that he wasn't averse to lying to people or taking advantage of people in order to get what he wanted. But in this wrestling match, God puts his hip out of joint, leaving Jacob in a compromised state, physically speaking, as his brother approaches him. I mean, think about it. You wrestle, he wrestles with God, and now, 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 now he's exhausted, and he's walking with a limp. Could it get worse? Maybe from a worldly perspective, it looked bad, but from a biblical perspective, what happened was amazing. And you want to know why? Jacob limps towards Esau, weakened in body, but blessed by God and strengthened in faith. In the same way that God touched Jacob's life, putting it out of joint, God's going to do that with you and me, guys. Expect it. 
so that we will learn to trust less in ourselves and the things of this world and to look with greater devotion to the Lord and, the, and as the one whose blessing is all that really matters. Jacob, without that wrestling match, was going to approach his brother in his strength and in his wisdom, and all of a sudden he's going to have to approach him exhausted and limping and relying upon that blessing as his source of strength. That's right, folks. If necessary, God will cause us to limp so that our faith will soar. Now, what I'm about to say is incredibly important, so don't miss this. From a worldly perspective, we look at the person with no limp, who walks in confidence, who has everything together. The, the, you know, we look, from a worldly perspective, we look at that person and we say, that's the one who's blessed. But that's from a worldly perspective. We are Christians. We do not think like the world, do we? Do we? You guys with me? We don't think like the world. When in fact, it is in the kingdom of God, it is often just the opposite. The one who is blessed is often the one who is walking with the limp. The one who is exhausted and walking like this because they've wrestled with God. No longer trusting in themselves and the things of this world. Trusting, God, you're my strength. Your blessing is all that really matters. I'm going to proceed forward, not in my own strength, but under your blessing. That's all I need, God. It is the one walking with the limp who is truly blessed. And that's important. You want to know why? Because some of you, when you wrestle with God, you're going to come out. You're not going to be as financially strong as you once were or physically as strong as you once were. And I can go on and on and on. You're going to be walking with the limp. And the people of this world are going to look at you and go, woe is you. Folks, don't buy that lie. God will often cause us to limp so that our faith will soar. Don't ever judge your life from a worldly perspective. I have come out of many wrestling matches with God limping, dragging my leg, weakened in the things, in my trust in the things of this world, but strengthened in my faith in God. And I thank him for those wrestling matches, as tough as they were and as exhausting as they were at those times in my life. And I learned I cannot judge my life by worldly standards. God will often, if necessary, cause us to limp so that our faith can soar. And by the way, brace yourselves for what I'm about to say. This is going to shock you. There is no limit to the amount of ways that God can knock things out of joint in your life. Amen? Oh, man, we all know that, right? I'm going to finish today by proving that to you. You've heard of Gideon, correct? Gideon, of course, was a judge over the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. And Gideon was called by God to deliver the Israelites, from the hand of the Midianites. And God had promised Gideon over and over and over again, you're going to win. You're going to win, Gideon. Trust me, you've got this. Now, remember how I said that oftentimes God will tap us on the shoulder and he'll say, it's time to throw down, it's time to wrestle? Well, sometimes we initiate the wrestling match with God. And Gideon is a really good example of this. Gideon, even though he's been assured that he's going to be victorious, wants to wrestle with God a little bit. And this is, how, this is what happens. Then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, I know you've told me this, God, but can we wrestle a little bit over this? I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. And it was so. He, when he arose early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece. He wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. He's the fleece-squeezing wrestler. <laughs> but Gideon's not quite done yet. Let's wrestle a little bit more over this, God. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. 
please let me test just one more with the fleece. Once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only and all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. And it was dry on the fleece only and all the ground there was dew. So Jacob initiates this wrestling match, but the problem is once you initiate a wrestling match with God, you might want to be done, but God's not done. God's not done. God gives him what he's looking for, but then God says, we're going to wrestle just a little bit more. I'm going to knock things out of joint, Gideon. And you know how I'm going to do that? You have 32,000 fighting men. I want you to send them all home except 300 of them. God whittles away Gideon's army from 32,000 men down to 300. And he says, with these 300, you'll go and fight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? God, I just had a couple of questions. I just wanted to wrestle a little bit. Now you're going to knock things out of joint like this? Yes, Gideon, I am. Yes, Gideon, I am. And it's with these 300 men, Gideon, you are to go and fight. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, lapped the water, he was dismissing them by how they drank the water. With the 300 men who lapped the water, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands and let all the others go, every man to his home. And it's with 300 men that Gideon defeats the Midianites. Gideon had learned a very powerful message and a lesson. And you want to know what it is? It is simply this. God will sometimes cause us to limp into battle to show himself strong. Amen? God will sometimes cause us to limp into battle. That's what he did with Jacob. Here come 400, my brother with 400 men, and I'm to limp into that? Yes. And you're going to limp into that so I can show myself strong. I'm going to go to war against the Midianites. I'm going to dismiss 32,000 people and only go with 300. Yes, you're going to limp into battle, but you're going to learn something important, Gideon, after wrestling with me. The battle belongs to who? The Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And there are many of us here in this room and with this many people and people watching online, you're wrestling with God. And this is the very point he wants to teach you. The battle belongs to him. You might be wrestling with, who knows what you're wrestling with God over, but that very message you need to hear today, the battle is his. Proceed forward in his strength and in his power, not your own. Don't trust in your own power. That's the last thing you want to do. Proverbs 3 says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and whatever you do, do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The, I always say the last person you want to trust is yourself. But sometimes we have to wrestle with God to get that truth deep in our hearts. Listen, wrestling with God may be inconvenient, costly, and exhausting, but it is always worth it. I'm here to tell you that today. It's always worth it because God's always got a purpose in it. If you are wrestling with God today, take courage and have hope. Please do. And don't miss this series because it's going to be powerful. It is going to be powerful. Next week, we're going to look at a woman who wrestled with God. You're not going to want to miss that. But what it means ultimately is God is closer than you think. He cares more than you know, and he's doing something significant in your life. So if I can finish with a simple question, it's this. Are you okay with God causing you to limp if it means that your faith will soar? This is the God that you follow. The battle belongs to him. If you're wrestling with him, submit to him. He knows what he's doing. Amen. Amen. 